Hi, I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Courtney. And this is Caffeinated Crimes. Welcome back. Um, today is going to be a Courtney espresso So Courtney has the, whoop, whoop, the, the primary research today, and I'm going to listen to the story. Uh, but Courtney, how's your week going? It's going pretty good. Um, I have some exciting news. So Tennessee is like jumping the gun on reopening, but it <laughs> did benefit me because as you guys know, like a few months back, I got engaged. Uh, but my ring had to be resized, and so, of course, me being impatient, I was like, let's go right now. Let's send it. Let's send it back. I need it resized. I gave it to the Zales, and then three days later, they shut down. <laughs> so <laughs> my two-week repair turned into two months, but I got a call Friday, and they were like, hey, your ring's ready. And I was like, I'll be there as soon as I get off work. Like, I and Courtney <laughs> dumped everything off her desk, and she got in her car immediately, and... <laughs> I was like running because I was like, I'm assuming things are probably going to shut down again because numbers are not going down. And I was like, I'm getting this ring and I'm done. But also, I don't think I told you this part. So I got there and they gave it to me and I was like, oh, yay, thank you so much. And then I was like, I also sent my wedding band and they were like, hmm, (laughs) what? And I was like, oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh. They lost my wedding band, which is not a big deal. I don't even know when I'm getting married, but I was like, it's like, like I don't need that anytime soon. I know. Cause she was like, when's the date? And I was like, no clue. I was like, it's fine. No rush. But apparently like they take a picture of it when they send it off. And so they can uh-huh. see that they sent off my wedding band. And so they're like, mm-hmm. okay. So they're like calling all these people trying to find it. And then she was like, I'll just give you a call when it's back in. And I was like, okay, fine. So I leave, and I get in my car, and she calls, and she's like, are you still here? I found it. It was in another box. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you were able to get that one, too? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so She's like, oh, I found it. Yeah, Zales is really good about that with, like, documentation of when they send it off. Because um, yeah. I've had to have, like, a diamond repaired, and then I had to have it resized. And so, like, every time like, they put it in the box, and they, like, take a picture, and they take a picture next to this, and you, like, sign, like, yes, I saw it, yes, I saw the picture, yes, yeah. I saw you put this label on it. Like, they're super, like, diligent with that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I was just worried. I was like, am I going to have to spend, like, more money on another wedding band because it's just gone? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But, nope, it's found. It's hidden away somewhere safe for whenever. Whenever that may be. Yeah, because I'm not having a wedding that no one can come to or everyone has to wear masks, so we just going to wait it out. <laughs> I mean, we could get masks in your wedding colors. That would be fun, right? I mean, that's true, but people might pass out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, like... <laughs> if you do it in a hot month outside, nobody's going to want to. And we're all dancing, and then it's just like everybody falls. <laughs> just a disaster waiting to happen. Nobody wants that. So, Yeah. But... Yeah, it's always crazy. I mean, I don't really agree with the state opening up because, like, I know in one county it spiked by, like, 150 people. Mm -hmm. But it did benefit me this one time, so. That's true. Yeah, it's crazy how states are so different with their reopening. Like, Tennessee and Virginia are right next to each other, and Virginia was, like, two weeks behind Tennessee and reopening. And in Virginia, we still have three localities, one of which where I live that still haven't even started phase one. So we don't even have like restaurants and Tennessee's about to open amusement parks. <laughs> so like, yeah. And that's the thing too. Cause like Bristol, it's like between like Tennessee yeah. and like Virginia, like it, it's in both. So I'm like, <laughs> do the Virginia Bristol people, they're just like, boop. 
drive yeah. five minutes down the road. Yeah. Yeah, it's very weird because I sent Kevin's mom, like, a picture, and she was like, things are open in Tennessee? She was like, Maryland is on lockdown. And I was like, right? I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, like, I saw pictures of, like, a high school graduation yesterday that I sent to Courtney. I'm like, Tennessee's having graduations? Like, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, Tennessee is... They're just going for it. They're just They're jumping just on going in. for it. They're yeah. just like, this is my freedom. And it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm, I'm not going to get too much on that soapbox of yeah. wearing a mask is like the simplest task that could be asked of you. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, all stores have signs that you have to wear shoes and shirts. And now there's a global pandemic, so you also have to wear a mask. It's just not that big of a deal. It's really not. Yeah. Because, like, there's something I saw on Facebook, too, that was, like, everyone saying, like, you're living in fear if you're wearing a mask, but it's, like, well, you wear a seatbelt when you get in the car. Like, you wear a helmet when you're riding a bike. Like, you're just living, like, smart. Like, you're just doing things, like, to protect yourself and protect other people. Like... And, like, this is just (sighs) such an unprecedented time. I mean, like, we'll figure it out as we go along. Hopefully we won't have to do this forever. But we've only known about this specific strain of this virus for a few months, which is nothing in the grand scheme of, like, viral outbreaks. Like, we don't know anything about it. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. Just be patient and take some basic safety precautions. I don't know. But... Yeah. As we talked about yesterday, it would be great if restaurants would continue to go alcohol even after they reopen because I appreciate that a lot. I love it so much. It's so (laughs) nice. Okay, so are you ready to get started with today's case, Courtney? Yes, I'm super excited. And I was like, had in my head, I was like, okay, so I'm going to sit down and Jacqueline doesn't know what I've been researching. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say it. And she's going to be like, oh, wow, awesome. And then I was like, what if Jacqueline doesn't know who this is? <laughs> well, so <laughs> so I texted Courtney before we started recording to know what to name my audio file because it it's just I, I do things in a very specific order, guys, and I can't undo it. So like I have to do it beforehand. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I know this name, but I don't know if I know the case. So it may come to me once you start talking. Like the name is familiar, but it's not like oh yeah, I definitely know this one. Yeah. So I don't know. So we'll see. Okay, yes. So this week, I'm going to do the life and the murder of Steve McNair. So I'll just give you guys a little, like, quick who he is. He's basically, like, the Tennessee Titans, like, best quarterback of all time. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's okay. maybe a bit of an exaggeration of best quarterback of all time, but he, like, made the Tennessee Titans, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's Kevin's favorite player of all time. So, Okay. So my sources, I used a USA Today article, an encyclopedia.com article, a Baltimore Sun article, an ESPN article, a Tennessean article, and I used a few expert, expert, oh my god, why am I saying that? Excerpts of Murder of a Star Quarterback by R. Barry Flowers. Some of it was available for free on Google, so I used that. (laughs) It's very frustrating when you get to the point where you've used all of your free articles for like an online newspaper in like a different city and they're like oh well now you have to subscribe and I'm like oh well I'm poor I'll find another source (laughs) dang it (laughs) yeah I know yeah because this book like I didn't have time to like read the book like when I was doing my research so I was like I'll just use these like four paragraphs that are free right here is your little preview (laughs) um if you guys want us to 
get more information from these articles, you can go to patreon.com slash caffeinatedcrimes and <laughs> plug away. <laughs> give us a little monetary donation because little, little podcast extra. isn't uh, cheap. So anyway, <laughs> it, it can get expensive. <laughs> Just a little plug plug so. there. Continue. <laughs> okay. So Steve McNair was born on February 14th in 1973 to Selma and Lu- Lucille McNair. Um, and they lived in Mount Olive, Mississippi. And so Selma worked as an offshore rig worker and Lucille was a factory worker. So he had four brothers and one of his brothers was also a quarterback, but he didn't have as much success as Steve. He mainly played in like Canadian and like London football leagues. So in high school, he played three different sports. So he played football, baseball, and basketball. But in baseball and football, he played two positions. Wow. So he's an overachiever here. That's uh, (laughs) crazy. That's a lot for, like, high school. That's a lot of sports. So, um, and he did lead his high school, the Mount Olive Pirates, to a state championship in 1989. In 1991, he was drafted 14th in the amateur draft by the Seattle Mariners, which is, like, a major league baseball team, if you guys don't know. Um, but he decided, you know, I really want to go with football. Like, I like baseball. Football is what I want. So, then he was like, okay... Where do I want to go to college? So he had all these offers from, like, Louisiana State, Ohio State, Mississippi State, Miami, Nebraska, but they all wanted him to be a defensive back. And he's like, I really want to be a quarterback. Like, I don't I don't want to play that position. So then he went to Alcorn State, which I hadn't heard of until, no, which apparently some players come from them, but Alcorn State has some fun history. I'll get into that. <laughs> So his brother had also been a quarterback at Alcorn State, and so that he was like, maybe I kind of have an in at, like, getting a position. Mm-hmm. So Alcorn State is a predominantly black school, and it has, like I said, some really cool history. So it was the country's first black state-supported school. Oh, wow. Um, it was the country's first black land-grant institution, which I didn't know what that was, but apparently there was this Morrills Act, and... All these colleges and universities were basically given money that was used in land purchases to go to, like, agriculture and engineering and science and military science because that's what they kind of saw the shift in. And so a bunch of these universities, like Cornell University, is also a land-grant institution. But Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And Alcorn also provided the NFL's first black drafted player, and that was Jack Sprinks in 1952, and he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, so a very, like, historic school, especially for the black community. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so going to the school, people were like, all right, Steve, like, I really don't think, like, you're going to get drafted. I really don't think you're going to get the Heisman. This isn't, like, a big school, like, um, and if you, people don't know what the Heisman Trophy is, uh, it's just an award given annually to, like, the most outstanding player in the NCAA football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very high honor. I'm sure everyone's probably heard of it, but I don't want to assume everyone has football knowledge, so. Yeah, maybe some people who listen to this podcast don't know anything about football, so, <laughs> yeah. or don't know anything about American football, because That's we very do have true. listeners in other countries, so thank you all. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure most people have, like, heard of the Heisman, but you might not know what it is, so there you go. So, but Steve McNair, like, went off on his college years. He was amazing. 
and in his sophomore year, he even led the nation in total offensive yards. So he's at this, like, tiny school no one's heard of, and he has the most offensive yards, like, in the whole, like, college football, you know. Uh So he did decide to play until his senior year, and he didn't get the Heisman, but he did finish in third place, which was pretty high for the school he went to. Mm -hmm. So on April 22nd, 1995, the Houston Oilers drafted McNair in the first round. So he was the third pick overall, Um, and he became the highest drafted black quarterback. Um, Wow. Yeah, so he signed a contract of $28.4 million over seven years. It's a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> so, a lot of money. McNair was the backup uh, for the first two years, so until 1997, that's when he kind of started um, getting the lead, the starting position. But uh, also in June of 1997, Steve married his wife, Michelle. They did end up having two sons together, Tyler and Trenton. And he also had two sons previous to this marriage who were both named Steve. Oh. So it was it was with two different women, and they both named him. So one is, like, Steve McNair Jr., and one's, like, Stephen McNair, which I just thought was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> like, interesting. So. Yep. That's, yeah, that's so it's like my half-brother it. has my same name. <laughs> yeah. So this year, the team also decides that they're going to leave Houston, and they're going to move to Nashville. And they become the Tennessee Titans. And this was like a huge move and there's a lot of detail on it, but I'm not going to get into it right now because you might not care people who are listening. (laughs) So if you do care and you do want to listen, there's this great podcast called Picking Nashville. And so it goes a lot into like the Titans moving and how like the city received them and how kind of like McNair and Eddie George and that team really like got Nashville on their side, basically. Oh, wow. Interesting. And then it also kind of talks about how later, like, Nashville got, like, the NFL draft and how, like, they got the hockey team, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it's really, really good. Um, so you should go listen to that if you're interested. Um, so Steve McNair, he had the nickname Air McNair because he was such a good passer mm-hmm. also. Um, and he just did amazing at Tennessee. I'm not going to bore you guys with the stats, but he was incredible. <laughs> so uh, he was a great passer, but he also had, like, the capability to run the ball. And so I asked Kevin, I was like, okay, who would you compare Steve McNair to, like, today? Like, what quarterback can I say mm-hmm. he's like today? And he said the closest would probably be Russell Wilson, where mm-hmm. he, like, is really good at throwing but can also run. But that Steve McNair is a lot bigger and a lot taller. Okay. So... If that means anything to you, there you guys go. (laughs) He also ended up taking the Titans to the Super Bowl in 1999 season, but they did lose in the final seconds by not being able to cross the goal line. Like, they were on, like, the one or two-yard line, and they couldn't Mm -hmm. get it across. So, in 2006, basically, the Titans couldn't afford to re-sign all their players, so they, like, brought everyone in and, like, given them these contracts, and they're like, okay, we can't afford this anymore. So they traded McNair to the Baltimore Ravens. And also in May 2007, um, McNair was arrested in Nashville because he was a passenger in a car who was drinking and driving. So in Tennessee, you can be charged with DUI by consent, which is basically if somebody is driving your car and they're drunk and you get pulled over, you get charged with the crime as well. Because they're saying, like, you let them drive your Mm -hmm. car he was also a passenger which i'm sure goes into it Mm -hmm. um he's rich he has good lawyers the guy driving was his brother-in-law his 
DUI got amended to reckless driving, and so McNair's charges were dropped. He had some success in Baltimore, but then he decided to retire in 2008. So his whole career was just, like, filled with injuries. Like, his teammates would be like, after a win, we'd go into the locker room to be like, Steve, like, we did it. And he would just be, like, in so much, like, crying in pain. Wow. Because he would just, like, play through all his injuries because he mm-hmm. was like, I have to be there for my team. Like, I was reading, like, he sat out one game and he ended up coming in in the last, like, a few plays. Like, he had, like, a fractured collarbone or something. Wow. And he was just like, I, I got this. Like, just let me in. Like, the guy, <laughs> the guy starting got a concussion, and he was like, I'm coming in. And apparently everyone was like, we're winning the game. Like, McNair's here. We're winning. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> so he decided, you know, I don't want to keep being in pain, basically, and mm-hmm. I'm just ready to be with my family. I'm ready to move on. So Steve McNair spent, like, a lot of time in Nashville. He loved Nashville, and he gave to, like gave a lot back to the community. Um, he did open a restaurant called Gridiron 9, and he put it, like, right in the heart of the black community. And he also established the Steve McNair Foundation to benefit youth charities. So every summer he hosted, like, a youth football camp. So the first one was in Mississippi in 1999, and then he kind of would, like, alternate between Mississippi and Nashville. And apparently these weren't really common at the time. Like, now we hear a lot about these youth camps with players, but apparently he kind of started this trend. Like, he was one of the first. Um, And they estimate 11,000 kids attended these camps, and all of it was for free. These kids didn't have to pay for anything. So his teammates really spoke highly of him. They loved him, said he was a great guy, but... Nobody can be perfect. So, you know, I'm, I'm building Steve McNair up, and I got I got to bring him down a little bit. I, was like, I feel like this story is about to take a turn. <laughs> it's going to take a turn. So, McNair had a lot of affairs. So, basically, he had this, like, apartment condo that he rented with his friends, and he kind of mm-hmm. used it as, like, his bachelor pad. So, it's kind of where he would meet some of his mistresses, um... Trying to make a couple so, more Steves over there. Yeah. So I gotta have, like, my five Steves. <laughs> so, um, Eddie George, um, he was the running back when McNair was, like, the quarterback. Like, they were, like, the dream team, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that it's really hard on players when you go from being, like, an NFL player to retirement because, mm-hmm. you know, you're transitioning from, like, not as many workouts and different mindset. And he said it's, like, really hard to transition. Yeah. And he really just thinks that... Steve was trying to cope and trying to, like, find something, maybe, like, a purpose, but he just was looking in all the wrong places. Like, Mm -hmm. he started drinking a lot, and he started having these affairs. Like, he just was looking for everything in the wrong place. And how old was he when he retired? 35. 34, 35. Okay. So, I mean, he was pretty old. I mean, he had, like, a good, not old, because, I mean, Tom Brady's, like, almost 50 and still playing, but... He had, like, Tom a great career. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, um, then on July 4th, 2009, Steve McNair was found dead in his apartment that was on Lee Street, and he was 36 years old. So, McNair had been having an affair with Sahel Kasimi, um, and she was also called Jenny, and so she lived in Nashville, and she was working at Dave & Buster's. Um, she wanted to be a singer and coworkers were like, she has just so much energy. Like they were like, she would get annoying at the end of the shift cause she was just so energetic mm-hmm. and she was always smiling and joking. So Steve McNair had frequent in that establishment. And like, once he was sat like in her area, they were like, he never really left. Like, so they had this relationship 
and he like gave her money like a lot of money <laughs> and he would like put a down payment on her car like on a Cadillac Escalade for her <laughs> like oh. a lot of money like they would go on trips together and she said like he was promising that he was going to divorce his wife and that he was going to be with her but then she saw another woman leaving the apartment Mm-hmm. And she told her friends, like, I feel stupid. I'm embarrassed. Like, she had really, before Steve, like, prided herself. Like, she worked two jobs. Like, she'd moved mm-hmm. to Nashville by herself. She was independent. And then once Steve came around, she was like, okay, you can kind of be my sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, like, she had all these bills that were just kind of racking up that she couldn't pay for. Um, and two days before this, she had gotten a DUI. Mm-hmm. And so... Things aren't really going too great. Um, And so the woman that she did see leaving the apartment was 25-year-old Leah Ignogni. um, And he had spent the night with her. And Ignogni said that she'd not heard of the other woman. Like, right before this, Steve was like, yeah, my friend Jenny called and got a DUI. And she was like, why would she call you? He was like, I have connections. She's like, okay, like, whatever. Don't care. (laughs) Um... So, Kazemi did text McNair late that night of, like, the second. And she said, I'm going to have all of you soon. Hmm. So. um, And then on July 3rd, Kazemi texted McNair at, like, 10 a.m. And she was like, I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown. I need to see you tonight. Um, All that. And so, they did meet up at that condo. And Kazemi did shoot McNair twice in the chest and twice in the head before shooting herself in the head. Oh, yeah, pretty, pretty sad. Mm-hmm. So she had worked at Dave and Buster's like before this and her coworkers all noticed like a change in her demeanor, mm-hmm. like earlier on that shift. And they were like, she's not like her usual happy self, like something's wrong. And then another friend later said in an interview with the Tennessean that Kazemi was really stressed about all these debts and the fact that she felt like she was losing McNair. And she'd mentioned to her friend like about ending her life. And her friends was like, no, like, you always get past this. Like, it's fine. It'll be okay. Um, but apparently, not everyone believes the murder-suicide story. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let's this is it. my... I got another twist. Got some twists and turns, y'all. I <laughs> so, love some twists and turns. <laughs> so Vincent Hill is a former Nashville police officer. And he does not believe that Kazemi killed McNair. And so he kind of does his own research on the side. So, and he's like, all of Kazemi's family said she could never handle a gun. She'd never kill herself. Um, Even, like, the mother of Steve's, like, first child's like, I don't think she could do this. Like, how could you get it, like, so perfect, like, the right, like, the first time? Like, how could she Mm -hmm. just do this if she'd never handled a gun? Um, And Hill finds it very interesting that McNair only had, like, $6 in his pocket when he was found. Because apparently his friends were, like, he kept, like, thousands of dollars in his pocket at all times. Like, they were, like, if he only had $1,000 on him, we're, like, oh, Steve's going broke. (laughs) So, um, and there's also inconsistencies in statements. So, Adrian Gilliam is the man who sold Kazemi the gun Mm -hmm. that day. Um, And he claimed uh, that he was with a friend that night. And didn't know anything. And the friend's like, uh, no, I didn't see him that night. So it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of weird alibi. And he also lied in his initial statement about his relationship with Kazemi because his fiance was present. So I guess he didn't want to mm-hmm. yep. fully diverge. And so also this is 
a little confusing here as well. I've found a few different reports about this. So Wayne Neely was McNair's friend who ended up finding him. Um, mm-hmm. He was just driving by the condo, saw his car, and was like, I'm going to go in. And so then in Hill's statements says that he called three people and then waited 45 minutes before another friend eventually called 911. And then I heard in other statements that he found him and immediately called 911. And then mm-hmm. uh, the Tennessean reported that Wayne Neely called Robert Gaddy, who was like a former Alcorn State teammate, mm-hmm. and that when Robert Gaddy showed up, he called 911, which was 40 minutes later. So, kind of weird that you don't call immediately, yeah, but... That wouldn't be your first instinct. And do we know yeah. how long they had been dead when they found them? They believe the it happened around like 2 or 3 a.m., and I'm pretty sure this was around like 10 or 11 a.m. Okay, the next okay. day, so gotcha. it's been a little bit... I don't know um, if it had been, like, a couple of days or if it was, like, the same day. Yeah, it was roughly the same day. Okay. And, I mean, also, Steve McNair is very, very popular. I mean, yeah. maybe they were, like, if we call 911, like, everyone's going to know something's happened with Steve. <laughs> and, like, I saw the medical examiner who showed up was interviewed, and he was, like, I mean, I walked in and I knew immediately who he was. Like, I see him on yeah. TV all the time. Like, I knew it was Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you're going to have, like... The media, the paparazzi, and everybody just, like... Like, coming up, yeah. Yeah, swarming. I was looking for a word there, and it just wasn't coming. (laughs) So, a spokesperson for the Nashville Police Department stands by their investigation, and they say, I don't condone what Hill is doing. Um, And they say that when Hill was a cop, his whole, like, career was filled with reprimands and disciplinary actions, and that he kind of kept doing things he was told not to, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, and so Hill did end up presenting all his information to a grand jury, um, to try and get it reopened, but they just said there wasn't a new, enough, like, new evidence. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough for them to reopen it. Gotcha. Um, and also, this is probably why, but ballistics and gunpowder residue do state Kazemi did fire the gun. Mm -hmm. So there were trace amounts of gunpowder residue on her hands, which was consistent with a murder-suicide. And McNair's blood alcohol content was twice the legal limit, which is, mm. legal limit is 0.08, and a trace of marijuana was found in Kazemi's body, so I feel like this whole, like, how could she get it right? The first time, I'm like, well, if he's very drunk, obviously, yeah. laying on the couch, and you're at, like, right up front, like, it's not that hard yeah. to miss. That sounds horrible, but, like, they're kind of, you know, being like, how could she do this, but kind of sounds like he was... They even speculate he might have been asleep on the couch because he was so drunk, so... Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, like, first of all, the legal limit is much higher than when you're actually intoxicated. (laughs) Yeah. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, legal limit, you can still legally drive, which is not the case. You can also get a DUI if you're under the legal limit, so I Mm -hmm. don't know why that phrase or that .08 even exists. Exists, But anyway, it doesn't make any sense, but, like... So, I mean, by the time you're at .08, like, you're fairly intoxicated. So, I mean, to be double that, double like, that, yeah, that's he a was lot. drunk. Yeah. So, like, that would make sense why he wasn't, you know, and not to say, like, oh, every man should be able to fight off a woman with a gun, but that's going to be the assumption because he's this retired NFL player. She supposedly doesn't have experience with weapons, but, you know, if he is so drunk that he's yeah. either asleep or just slow to react or whatever... 
Yeah, because I think it was saying like he got to the condo first too, so uh-huh. he might have gotten there waiting on her, like laying on the couch, and then she walks in and it's like, oh, like, yeah. I mean, and even if you are drunk, like, how could you probably like seeing like triple like, yeah, but yeah, so after McNair's murder, it's like Nashville was absolutely heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, McNair and his teammates. Um, you know, they had come with him to Tennessee. They made the team. They got Tennessee, like, excited about having a team. Um, and, you know, fans were really involved. You know, fans get really invested in, in sports and the players. And <laughs> yes. especially, yeah, especially, like, McNair, who's, like, giving back to the community, you know, mm-hmm. who's being so, like, involved with them. And his poor wife, Michelle, she had no idea about any of the affairs. Oh, so gosh. she finds out that her husband is murdered, and she finds out that uh, he was having affairs, which I can't imagine. I can't imagine finding out my husband's having affairs, but also finding out, like, my husband was killed by his mistress. Like, yeah, that's it's horrible. a lot. Now, does she live in Nashville with him, or is she living somewhere else? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. Okay. I didn't know if they, like, had a separate house there that he just, like, would go to his condo or if she was in like a whole different city yeah actually yeah she was in nashville because i think they were saying like that night he met kazimi late because he was like oh i'm trying to put the kids to bed so mm. but there's also like saying like he didn't put the kids to bed that he was out drinking and he just so there's a lot of like he said she said yeah. with like the timelines and stuff Absol- which i mean the i mean both people in this case are dead so obviously it's you're yeah. relying on the words of other people. and Yeah, because he, like, texted her and was like, hey, I'm putting the kids to bed. It's taken a while. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then other people are like, no, he was, like, out and about. You know, so. Yeah. It's kind of that. Um, so his restaurant, Gridiron 9, like, never opened again after this. Wow. Just closed. Um, and McNair didn't have a will. I mean, he's 36. I don't really think you expect um, to die that young. <laughs> yeah, but also... You have four kids, so first of all, I would expect you to have a will with four kids, and yeah. to have as much money as you have, I would expect you to have a will, so... Yeah, so all of his assets were frozen in probate court, so all wow. of his money was frozen. So Michelle did go to a judge, and she's like, please, like, he has four children, like, we yeah. please give some money from it, you know, to help care for these kids, because, I mean, if they had their first kid in 1997, that kid's only 12, yeah. like, it's, they're all young Gosh. kids. Um the judge did agree with Michelle, and each son did get $500,000. A lot of money. Um, but I do like that Michelle was like, look, four kids. You know, she wasn't like, just my kids. She just was like, kids. all yeah. the kids That's good. deserve money. Yeah. She seems like such a sweet woman. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, interviews, and, like, she still, like, wears his jersey and, like, talks about him and, like, all that. So wow. it's just really heartbreaking. Um, yeah. So Nashville did hold... A two-day memorial, um, so they allowed fans to, like, come into the stadium, and they would just, like, played highlights on, like, the oh, Jumbotron, wow. and they had a book that people could sign, and they gave it to the McNair family. Why am I getting emotional? Ooh. I know, right? I was like, oh, I'm getting a little... <laughs> so, um, and in the 2009 season, all the Titans wore a number nine on their jersey to remember him. Mm-hmm. Um... And just a little story about Kevin, he still has a McNair jersey that he wears every game day. Like, he was 10 when he got this jersey, and he still uh-huh. wears it. Like, he loves McNair. Like, mm-hmm. And this is kind of a off-topic story, but kind of funny. But um, one day, it was a 
it was a game day and we went to Marco's to pick up some pizza. It was before COVID, so we weren't wearing masks. <laughs> we could go in there easily. <laughs> and um, so we walk in and the Marco guy's like sees Kevin's jersey and it's like faded too. I don't know how he recognized it. He was like, McNair. He was like, I loved McNair. I loved him. And he was like, I still will not go to Dave and Buster's. Oh and my we were gosh. like, oh, haha. But at that point, like, Kevin and I didn't get the connection because we didn't know, like, she worked at yeah, Dave and Buster. Yeah, the details. I was like, I got to look it up. But I was like, that's, like, how passionate people are about McNair. They're like, I won't go to Dave and Buster's because she worked <laughs> at Dave and Buster's. Like, so. I'm going to boycott them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so in 2019, the Titans officially retired number nine as well as the number 27 for Eddie George. Um and Eddie George was heartbroken by this, too. Like, they were really good friends. And mm-hmm. he's like, I just can't believe that there was this side of him. Like, I think that's what shocked everyone is, like, yeah. there's this side of him. Um, and But Eddie George is like, but there was. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he didn't do all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But he chooses, like, not to focus on that and just, like, the good memories they have together. Yeah. Um, you know, McNair was really prioritizing his sons and watching them grow and trying to be, like, around his family. hmm And George says, you know, McNair was a great man and great teammate. Like, he would just give the shirt off his back to anybody. Like, he just mm-hmm. wanted to help people. Um, and it's just a really tragic situation that he was taken away so young. Like, of course he had his faults, but nobody deserves to be murdered. <laughs> so I mean, there's... But there's never a perfect victim, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people aren't perfect, and, and it's, it's, I feel like, disrespectful to their memory to only remember the negative things that they did, you know? Yeah. And, and, and not I think saying that we should remember them as a saint either, but we just have to acknowledge that people are complex characters, you know? Yeah, I think this one's really hard, too, because it's not, like, random or a car accident. It's like he was killed by his mistress, so it's like, mm-hmm. you bring up McNair, you bring up his death, you bring, you know, it's like all tied together and so I think that's really hard for people to be like and he was so young like 36 like yeah that's so young Um, and as we know with a lot of these NFL players like most of them don't come from wealthy families and they just happen to be really great at the sport and then they just fall into this lifestyle of now all of a sudden you're 20 24 years old making millions of dollars a year and you don't make great choices I mean yeah I mean, that's the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, if each son got $500,000 and that wasn't even the entirety of the estate, yeah. like, that's a lot. I mean, he had, like, another condo in Nashville. Like, I mean, Nashville was probably cheaper back then, but still, like, you have your house and your condo, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. Um, and this is after he's retired and he spent a good portion of this money on his mistress's car and, you know, yeah. all the other things that he would have bought all in that time and this is what he still has left and it's not even a fraction of it yeah and because I mean he didn't even just have one mistress there was also you know Leah yeah. Ignogni so I don't know if she got as much I know him and Kazemi had dated for like a few months like they had taken a few trips to Nashville and like not Nashville sorry Las Vegas sorry mm-hmm. about that guys um <laughs> and all that kind of stuff so I mean he was expending money um I also want to bring up Kazemi's family because I do also feel sorry for them because mm-hmm. they did lose their daughter. Yeah. Um, and they got a lot of hate mail, like a lot. Ugh. And a lot of it had like racial hate in it because they are mm-hmm. from Iran. So they kind of got that Ugh. too. So they got a lot of threats. They got a lot of hate mail. Um, but they had nothing to do with this either. I mean, yeah. 
gotta separate it. I just wanted to bring them up as well because they are, in a way, victims as well. Yeah, not absolutely. as much, but you know. But yeah, um, that's about all I have. That's the life and murder of Steve McNair. So wow, that was a crazy story. I didn't know most of that. I knew like he was a Titans player and he's dead and that's about it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, wow. Thank you. Thank you for. Yeah. I think it's that pretty story. crazy too because it's like, oh, McNair, and it's like, oh yeah, he was murdered. Well, it was by his mistress, and there's it, and it's like, what? Like, what is happening? Yeah, and like for his wife to not know anything, and yeah, because in the 2019, um, it was this season, like the season opener, they, uh, you know, was retiring the numbers, so they had his family there, and she was so cute. She had like her bedazzled like McNair jacket, and she had the shoes Aww. with the nine. Like, mm-hmm. she was so cute, and it's just it's heartbreaking for her because then she had to live knowing like what happened. Like, you don't ever get to confront him and be like, "You yeah. cheated on me." Like, what happened? And you know, then she has to raise these sons and have this whole like stigma and all like you know everyone was all up in her business so yeah I'm sure everyone's like oh like that poor wife and you know maybe she doesn't want to be remembered that way or looked at that way and yeah because she's probably like I'm more than that poor wife like I'm all this other stuff too like and think about how many again cheating is never okay we're not saying that it is but if you think about how many people who have been cheated on that have been able to forgive the person and like continue on with a life and a relationship with them but she never got that opportunity because she got all the information at once oh and now he's dead so then she's having to try to find ways to forgive him yeah so that she can go on but she's never going to have that like closure you know so that has to be rough yeah because i will never ever condone cheating ever it's shitty but like also just because you cheat doesn't mean that you deserve to die or that you're a bad person or anything like that like yes you gotta you know separate that to People are very complex characters, and you can't automatically assume that someone is a terrible person for the terrible choices that they make. Yeah. To an extent. And like Eddie George said, you know, he was transitioning. I mean, he'd only been retired for a year, so he's trying to transition back into normal life, and maybe he would have, like, settled it out. Like, maybe he was just, like, Mm kind of having his, like, young 20s going crazy phase a little bit late. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's... It's tragic, because who knows what, like, McNair would have done if he was still alive. Like, he probably would have helped the community and helped more, like, mm-hmm. young youths and the black community and everything. So, yeah. it just really sucks seeing that life taken away that did have so much potential even after mm-hmm. retirement. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very tragic story, but also an important story to tell for all those involved. So, yeah. And I feel like a lot of true crime podcasts don't really focus on it, I guess, because it's kind of more sports. Mm-hmm more in the sports world, but I thought I'd kind of try and combine my worlds here (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) because Jacqueline and I are both big football fans, Um, so. So if you guys want more, I don't want to say football murders, more football-related crimes, because I'm sure there's a lot of football-related crimes, because we are not... Kevin told me there was, because I said I was doing this, and he was like, yes, and then he was like, well, you should do this one, and this one, and apparently there's one about a player who left to go to the, like, military, and he was deployed and died, but they think it was, like, a setup. Huh. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to look into that, because Kevin might just be talking out his ass, but... <laughs> I'll ask Andrew he about said it. There's, like, <laughs> he said there's, like, conspiracies that they think, like, it wasn't, like, killed in action, like, it was, like, something else. Mm-hmm. I'll have mm-hmm. to ask Kevin who it is and look it up. 
Maybe I shouldn't have just aired that before I knew anything about it, but... We put a disclaimer that we don't know if it's accurate, so, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, let us know if you guys would like to hear more sports crimes, because Courtney and I would love to research sports crimes, and yes, as the time that we are recording this, it is May. I had to think about that. I don't know what month it is. Um, it is the end <laughs> of May, so we are hoping that here in a few months the NFL will be able to start their season, but... Yeah, I miss hockey, guys. I'm a huge Natural Predators fan, and I just miss 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 hockey hockey? so much. (laughs) I miss hockey so much. (laughs) (laughs) So, assuming that in-person games actually happen again this year, um, Andrew and I might get to go to three Bengals games um, because they're playing in D.C., which is a couple hours from us, and they're Mm -hmm. playing in Baltimore, which is a couple hours from us. And they're also playing, do we play you guys at, at your home or our home? Your home. And we also play the Titans at home. In your home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. I knew. Because, yeah. So, um, in case you're not familiar with the Southeast geography, Cincinnati and Nashville are kind of equal distance from Knoxville. So, mm-hmm. I knew that we played at one of the two stadiums that we would be able to meet Courtney and Kevin. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway. So potentially, because Andrew and I usually go see a game every year, um, we did not go see one last year for the first time in like five or six years. So hopefully. Yeah, um, <laughs> if in-person games are allowed, we're going to the Cincinnati one. Go yep. Titans. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving, they play in Baltimore, which is Ooh. where Kevin's family lives, in case you all don't remember. I know I talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> but... Kevin's mom called and was like, the Titans are playing in Baltimore. Please come up. Please, please, please. Like, we can do Thanksgiving a week early and, like, all this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So I might get to go to that, which will be fun because I did get to go to the Titans-Ravens playoff game Mm -hmm. this year, this last season. Anyway, and, man, let me tell you, those Ravens fans were trying to talk shit about the Titans. Mm -hmm. And we shut them up. (laughs) I mean, nobody was mean. Everybody was really nice. Like, everyone was just being your typical, like, oh, boo. Like, what are you doing here? You actually think you're going to win? You know, the normal, like, nobody was mean. I never thought I was going to die. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but it was it was nice because everyone was like, I forget the Titans exist. I'm like, you're never going to forget them now. <laughs> but Yeah, it's always more fun to go to your home games, obviously, yes. versus away games. Um, we've only had the one negative experience at an away game <laughs> where we went to see the Bengals play in Charlotte, and Courtney and Kevin met us there. And mm-hmm. um, so my husband has a Bengals jersey with our last name on it. And I think you – were you wearing it or was Andrew wearing it that day? Andrew was wearing okay, it. I, couldn't, I knew one of you was wearing it. But anyway, so – I think Andrew was like, I'm not going to make you wear a Powers jersey. <laughs> So the guy behind us, like a couple rows behind us, keeps like, yeah. So like anytime we would like cheer and we weren't doing anything obnoxious. It was just like, oh, oh like, no. our team did something like let's clap. Yell, Yay. Good job. <laughs> you know. And so he like starts like talking shit and like yelling like, hey, powers and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And then starts throwing ice at us. And so it was and just. So, so Andrew's like getting ready to fight and Jacqueline's like calm down I'm like Andrew I got your back I'll get the girl get and then Courtney's like let's go and I'm like please sit let's down <laughs> yeah so there was but, a few Claire chair climbings and then I had to 
telling yeah. to sit himself down. And then somebody texted the like safety number, so the security guards came up, and so they just but, hung like, out thankfully, with us. Everybody was on our side though. Yes. Like there was a bunch of like Panthers fans in front of us, and they're like, "No, like they're doing nothing wrong." Like they cheered when their team did something good. Like yeah. And there was, like, another guy that they were yelling at. And the guy was like, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. Don't talk to me again. Yep. <laughs> and one of the Panthers fans that we had been talking to that was sitting next to us, he was like, man, I got your back. Like, <laughs> I know. He's like, I don't want to fight another Panthers fan, but, I mean, I will. He's like, if I have to. And, oh, my God, that day was so hot. So we were in, like, oh God. we were, like, what, like, six rows from the top? <laughs> like, we were so and Courtney. Hot. Did not leave her seat because, <laughs> nope. I, I don't know. Like I get weird about heights sometimes, but this was like straight up, and I was like out of breath. Yes. By the time I got to the top and it was hot, and I literally sat down and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not going back down for the rest of the game. I don't care if yeah. I have to pee. So I just sat in that seat and I did yeah. not leave. <laughs> I just remember when I went to the bathroom after the game, like I had my cami on underneath my jersey, and you couldn't even like. My cami was so soaked in sweat, there wasn't even, like, a single dry spot. <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, a sweat stain. It was, like, the whole thing was just I know, and I soaked. think I had to give your jersey back to you, and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, sorry about sorry. that. Like, I just put it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed um, Courtney and Jacqueline's Sports <laughs> Corner. <laughs> So, if you're still here... We had to um, add some time to this episode, guys, you know. I, I talked a little too short fast. Episode, but... <laughs> I mean, we're at, like... <laughs> uh, we'll be good. It'll be, like, a normal-ish. A little shorter than some of, like... Shorter than BTK, but it'll be fine. <laughs> so, Courtney, what is your perk of the week? Okay, my perk of the week is last night. So, Wednesday... Okay, when we're recording this, Wednesday will be my birthday. <laughs> so, my mm-hmm. birthday will be long past by the time you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> but usually, like, me and Dallas, we like to go out to eat and, like, we'll invite people and just, you know hang out, go out to eat, maybe go out, have some fun. You know, it's just an excuse to go out at our old age. And (laughs) so then I was like, I mean, things are open in Tennessee, but I don't really feel safe going anywhere. I don't feel safe Mm -hmm. asking people to come anywhere. So I decided to just have like a Zoom game night with Dallas and Mitchell and, uh, Tiffany and Forrest and Jacqueline and Andrew and then me and Kevin and um so yeah we just had this game night and it was super fun we played all the games and it was really fun it was a good time and it was nice to get some social interaction um yeah because after you guys left Tiffany's like what are you doing for your birthday and I was like sitting at home (laughs) and because she was like did you settle and you want to eat and I was like we're just gonna go to lunch Monday because on Wednesday like Kevin doesn't get off till eight and so I'm like then it's kind of too late to go anywhere so I'm just gonna put something in the crock pot so I don't have to cook (laughs) yeah you're like yeah no it's just another day at this age yeah so it was nice to you know be able to see everyone hang out have fun that day before and I got some uh some cake that I'm gonna eat probably Ooh. today also it's probably what, what kind of cake um it's red velvet and so it's this mm-hmm. place called nothing bunt cakes it is a chain i'm pretty sure so they're in different mm-hmm. places but they're red velvet and their icing i don't know what their icing is but it's the best icing i've ever had it is so good that sounds delicious and like the red velvet has like little chocolate chips in it <laughs> oh, yeah and so i had that well i also got they have a strawberry one that they're doing only for the month of may so i got that also mm-hmm. And then Kevin get gets chocolate. It's really good. But that's kind of what I want to do for my, like, 
wedding for the cake is because you can get little like tiny bite-sized ones so i'm just like here just bite-sized pieces everybody pick one up (laughs) so that's nice that sounds yeah sorry guys kind of rambling here but (laughs) yeah so that's my little like birthday cake because i was like kevin i I don't expect that you're gonna bake me anything like i don't think i've ever seen you bake (laughs) in the three years we've been together so this is my little present um well he could be like andrew who actually like does cook and bake frequently but he made me a cake for my birthday last month and um he says he set the timer but (laughs) his phone was on do not disturb um so we left it in for like 30 minutes past (laughs) when it was supposed to come out um but you know what we just put some ice cream on top to kind of soften it up and it wasn't too bad hey that's good yeah yeah kevin also told me like my birthday present he was like i don't know when you're gonna get it and i was like what? And he was like, well, I really know you want to switch, so I'm going to get you that, but I don't know when they're going to be back in stock. <laughs> Whenever the, the world reopens yeah. and switches are available. He's like, again. as soon as one's available, it's yours. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> so, because I get major FOMO watching everyone play Animal Crossing. But. I've not played it yet. But. I don't even know what it, I don't know. It's an island, and I've heard people talk about bells. I don't even know what it is, but I want to play it. Yeah. I don't like being out. It sounds stuff. fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that I've rambled on and on, sorry guys. Jacqueline, what is your perk of the week? Um, so, my perk of the week, so this is kind of related to birthdays. Um, so, a couple weeks ago, I don't know, time's blurred <laughs> together. So, I was texting Courtney about doing some online shopping because that's what we're all and doing And I was like, right oh no. Oh, no. Yeah. And Courtney's like, oh, what are you getting? And I was like, oh, I'm getting this and, like, a couple of books. And I, like, named the books, um, one of them being Bad Moms by Nora McInerney. And Courtney's like, um, can you cancel that order? I was like, she's like, I, like, I ordered yours, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yours will be there on Monday. Um, it just took a little bit um, because she actually ordered it from Nora McInerney's local bookstore to help them out with their sales during this time. And it was also signed as well. So... And I think it ended up coming early, too, because we had this conversation, I think, like, two days later it came. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so that was they super posted exciting. and they were kind of backlogged because basically when I ordered it, Nora had on her story that weekend been like, please, like, when they get back on Monday, like, I want them to see everyone order this. Like, I want to help them, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, please order from here. And so I was like, okay, I'll order it. And so I think a lot of people did the same thing and so it was so backlogged they were like oh boy oh buddy (laughs) this is a lot of books (laughs) yep so it came and I was in the middle of reading the third Game of Thrones book at the time which is a very very long book (laughs) so you know it it took me a little bit longer to read it than like a regular size book so I finally finished that a couple days ago um so I read Bad Moms in like two sittings like I started it one night and finished it the next day (laughs) And it was so good, and it was hilarious, and I've actually never seen the movie, so I rented the movie yesterday and watched it, and the movie is also really funny, but I really think the book is funnier, guys. It's hilarious. Um, I love Nora McInerney, and you could just, like, hear her voice. Yeah, um, she's hilarious. I know she, (laughs) yes, I know she read the audiobook herself, too, so if you're into audiobooks, maybe check that out. Um, But yeah, so that's my perk of the week slash Nora McInerney plug. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we... This podcast loves and supports Nora McInerney. We both listen to her podcast, yes. even though it makes me cry. Yep. I've read all her books except that one, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I've read all of her books now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the only one I haven't read. So, we're, we're pretty big fans. She's She always keeps it real, and 
makes yes. you laugh and cry. So, what more can you ask yes, for? She is wonderful. If you're if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check her out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to check us out, I don't know. That's not a great segue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Caffeinated Crimes Pod. You can email us at caffeinatedcrimespod at gmail. And if you are so inclined, you can go to patreon.com slash caffeinatedcrimes um, where you can do a donation to us if you would like for us to improve our sound quality and research <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, and we're also running a contest right now. Yeah, so our contest. So when we get to 100 followers on Instagram and 50 reviews preferably five-star, on Am- <laughs> on Apple, um, I almost said Amazon, <laughs> on Apple, then we are going to give a few little prizes away to one person from each. We're just going to draw a random name, and mm-hmm. they'll get a sticker, a pen, and a $10 gift card to the coffee shop of their choice, whether that be Starbucks, Dunkin', a local coffee shop. If you yep. say, I hate coffee, and you want a gift card, nope, you're just going to get a gift card to coffee. Forget that. I was like, well, where sells tea? And then I couldn't think of anywhere. Well, I mean, most coffee shops sell teas and stuff, too. That's true. So, so you know, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be giving those away. And so please, like, tell your friends about us. Review us on Apple. Um, just make sure to, like, somehow put your name or something that indicates mm-hmm. it's you so that we can, you know, actually give you the prize if you win. So, yeah, please just help us out. So we can know how to contact you if you, you know, don't want to put your name on, like, the public reviews. If you want to, like, send us a screenshot, just be like, hey, I did it, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah five stars are preferable. <laughs> Please don't give us a one star and yeah. send us be like, okay, <laughs> put me in your contest. Okay, well, we got to 50 reviews and 25 were one stars. So, <laughs> yeah, and if you have, um, like, if your parents have iPhones, like, just go onto their iPhones <laughs> and review us. That's what I did with my mom. <laughs> so yeah, just, my dad's like, "How do I do the review?" And I'm like, "Oh, you don't have an iPhone. I don't think you can." <laughs> yeah, I really don't know because I don't know if I'm assuming there's not an app where you could download the Apple Podcast app on Android. I don't but. think so. But most of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts, so that's why we picked that platform. So mm-hmm. if you're listening on Spotify or Stitcher or something else, I'm sorry. That's just the the one that the majority of our listeners come from. So that's where, like, our reviews, quote unquote, matter the most, I guess. But yeah. you can follow us on Instagram. So And you sure will be that. in that one, yeah. So Yeah. We just, we want to give you guys free coffee, and we want to thank you for all the love that you've given us, and yes. we want to give back, so please just get there, and then we'll give it to you. Yes. And once you get that gift card, you can... Go have a cup of coffee. But don't commit a crime. <laughs> <laughs>